Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl. We're back with episode 326 of the Spiritual Homegirl podcast. Now, before we get started, y'all know I can't do any podcast episode without thanking you all for listening. So thank you for listening, boo friends. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land since 2016, you have lent me your ears and I really appreciate that. We are about three and a half months away from the seven year mark and it has been such a blessing to share space and community with you all all over the world and i'm really honored to be here um so first things first if you have not gotten my regret zero checklist what are y'all waiting on some of y'all made some mistakes memorial day weekend and as the homegirl who loves you y'all know i ain't gonna judge you unless you're being a hater i can't stand hater behavior but if you're ready to do better and you're tired of doing the same old same old you're tired of making the same mistakes you're tired of being the way you are you want to do better but you don't know how click the link in my show notes and get that regret zero checklist that is a checklist that i actually created for those who were curious to know how i became who i became i'm pretty proud of who i became too i'm the best i've ever been and it's only gonna get better so definitely click the link in my show notes and get yours also today is june 1st i know mental health awareness month that ended may 31st but when you're somebody like myself who is the spiritual homegirl, as well as someone who works in the field of mental health. Mental Health Awareness Month is every month, (laughs) but we just go put some homegirl flair on it with the emotional and spiritual wellness as well. So for the next 30 days, the entire month of June, I am doing a series on all social media platforms that will be giving tips once a day to better your spiritual, emotional, or mental health. So don't sleep, okay? If you're following me on any of those social media accounts, including YouTube, make sure that you hit the notification bell so you can get those tips every day. So I am really excited to do this episode because I wanted to process decades of impact before speaking on it. And although Tina Turner has been gone for about eight days now, I really wanted to speak on three lessons that we can learn from her because her example is inspiring to say the least and it takes me back to when I was 10 years old I wasn't watching what's love got to do with it my mom didn't and my dad didn't let me watch r-rated movies like that it wasn't you know we did see house party three though that was that was fun but in terms of just it you know us being exposed to like movies and things like that that had certain themes and stuff our you know our parents didn't let us watch a, a lot of that so Um, I remember being 10 years old and there were two books that have influenced me to this day in terms of the genres that I like. I love music, autobiographies, biographies, documentaries, especially when it comes to, um, black music. I love it. I love it so much. And ironically, it's black music month as well. So I think the timing of this episode is very interesting as well. But the two books that put me on this journey that were in my parents bookcase were dream girl by mary wilson and may she rest and i tina by tina turner and it was the original i tina okay i remember that red lettering on the cover and everything it was the original um cover of i tina and it was tina turner's autobiography the first one and i remember seeing tina turner as a little girl on tv with the music videos but in terms of knowing that artists could write books and things like that. I'm 10. I didn't know. Um, however, I had been reading since I was three years old and I had always been wanting a challenge with reading things. 
I was really good at goosebumps. You know, remember R.L. Stein's books and chapter books. I had the sister sister books because I was, you know, it was a huge, still am, huge T.M. Tamara uh, Maori fan. So I had like different chapter books and I was being challenged, but the subject matter was adult. And technically, I wanted to <laughs> see what was going on. I'm like, well, you know, I read pretty well. This book looks interesting. What's Tina Turner got to say? Because again, I didn't know. So I would sneak into the room where the bookcase was with all of my parents' books. And I would always pick those two books out. And I would put like a little tiny little bookmark, like some notebook paper. So I knew where to pick up. I would read like a certain amount of pages a day. And I would end up finishing the book. And I, Tina, was one heck of a journey. I'm talking about, wow. And, you know, my mom was the type where she had all the books you wouldn't pose to read as a little girl. <laughs> like, all of them. Toni Morrison books. Well, actually, I, I read a couple of those in uh, middle school. But, you know, as a 10-year-old, you know, uh, maybe you could have waited a couple of years so she can have a, you know, so the child can have an understanding of what exactly they're reading. But, you know, Sister Soldier, Terry McMillan, Eric Jerome Dickey, those books, if you know, you know. My mama had a collection of those. And I used to love sneaking and reading them. And Itina and Dream Girl was no different. And with Itina, I understood her journey and was like, wow, she's been through a lot. I didn't know artists went through all these kind of things. I didn't know women went through those kind of things. And it really changed my perspective on life. And I know that sounds kind of heavy for a 10-year-old. But the thing is, when you're 10 and you're, and you're not exposed to that kind of life, you don't know how it can get. You don't know how real it can get. You don't know how bad it can get because you don't have that life. It's not your norm. And seeing her childhood be rough, her teenage life be rough, her adult life be rough, her mothering journey be rough, her career for 20 years in the beginning be very rough. I was like, good grief. When does she get a break? And she gets a break in late 70s, if I remember correctly. And then she has her breakout success in the 80s. And mind you, I'm 10 years old, so I'm not understanding the semblance of time. And I'm like, wow, like she was able to get it popping. Is she in her 40s at this point? Because I'm doing the math, you know, when you mental math. I was like, wow, she was able to be this successful in her 40s. Again, when you're 10 years old, you don't realize that. That 40 is, is not that old. <laughs> but when you're 10, you don't know no better. You're thinking grandmamas is at 30 and 40. You know, you don't have a, a good semblance of time. So I wanted to share um, three lessons that I learned from Tina Turner's example from that day that I first started reading her book at 10 years old, sneaking in my mama's, <laughs> my mom and daddy's bookcase. And up until um, May 31st when she, um, excuse me, not May 31st, May 24th, when she ultimately passed away. So lesson number one, you can start over at any age and be successful. Tina was well over 40 when she took the entire globe by storm and became a mega successful superstar. And what is interesting to me is that we put a lot of unrealistic timelines on ourselves, thinking that we have to do it this way and by this time frame and by this age. And when we don't get it, we're failures. We look at ourselves disapprovingly and we look at ourselves as if we're not worth um, achieving the goal because we're unable to get it done in a time frame that we set. Here you have a woman like Tina Turner who literally started over right at 40 and then her career had a rebirth that she rolled the wave on until she died 40 years later. 
40 plus years later. So you can always start over at any age and be successful. A lot of us are stuck in careers right now that we know that we need to pivot from, but we are too scared to let it go because we put in too much time or and we don't want to start over because we've put in so much time. Some of us are... 40, 40 plus, and y'all been working the same job since y'all was 23, 25, 27, 30, and y'all don't want to leave because you don't want to start over. You've put in too much work. Imagine what Tina Turner had went through. She had put in so much work as a half of a duo, and now she has to go alone and do it all over and start from scratch. It can be done. It's just a matter of how bad do you want it, right? She could have been comfortable. She could have still divorced, you know, her ex-husband and she could have still did the, the professional thing with him. And they still could have kept it moving and kept getting the money they was getting. She said, nope, I want my own thing and I'm going to do it. I don't care how old I am. I got to get it done. She might have had some insecurities. Who knows? But at the end of the day, her desire outweighs the fear or the insecurity because she kept going. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two, your home of origin may not be your forever home. And this is, again, for those who are struggling with a decision of wanting to leave. But again, you're not feeling at home in your home of origin. As somebody who moves cross country, you know, I understand it. Sometimes you just got to get a break from your hometown. Just kind of explore other things and see where your home is. Now, in in all intents and purposes, I mean, I'm going to keep it a thousand with you. I never intended on dying in L.A. I never was going to retire in L.A. I just wanted to live somewhere different. But for some of you, y'all may want to live somewhere different. Y'all may want to experience something more permanent in a different place. Some of y'all may want to move out of your small town, out of your city that you're in. Some of y'all may want to move out of the country and that's okay. To know that she was able to, Tina Turner that is, to know that she was able to retire in Switzerland in a dream home and just be happy every day and have a serenity about herself knowing that she's where she wants to be, that's peace. And a lot of folks are fighting their own peace because they're not in the right place. Now, am I telling you to go up and move? No, I'm not saying do it tomorrow, but I'm saying exploring that feeling and seeing how it works for you. Maybe taking some trips and kind of seeing how it is, how you feel, and then maybe making a plan if it continues to feel right. That's okay. So that's lesson number two. And lesson number three is you might not get your flowers immediately, but if you love what you do, that's a blooming bouquet within itself. I'm going to say that one more time. You may not get your flowers immediately, but if you love what you do, that's a blooming bouquet within itself. I say that because Tina Turner has a spirit of resilience that she doesn't realize or she may not have realized was a superpower based on some of the interviews that I've seen where she just said, hey, um, I had a hard life. I just kept going. It's not no super big display. I just I just kept going. And. Her love for her career and her artistry kept her blooming so that once she was able to get her success, not only was she bloomed in her career as an artist, a confident solo artist, she was able to receive the flowers from the world, global flowers. I mean, if you were, uh, some of y'all might be a little younger, but if you're around, you know, my age and older, you know, the global impact that Tina Turner had before the movie. Before the movie came out, Tina Turner was selling out stadiums, huge crowds. I don't even think those crowds really exist on that level anymore. Those artists from back in the day, 70s, 80s, early 90s, we're talking like 100,000 person venues or festivals, things like that. 
that's mega superstar. And to be honest with you, I don't even think that level of mega star exists anymore. I think it capped at Beyonce, maybe Gaga. And after that, that was over. But that's a whole nother conversation. Okay. I think Bad Bunny is probably getting there right now in terms of that old level of superstardom. But if you know, you know. Shout out to my millennials because y'all know. Um, but her love for her artistry kept her going. Imagine what would have happened if Tina Turner had quit at year 20. At that point, that might have been like eh, maybe like late 70s, mid to late 70s. Imagine if she had quit then. We would have never gotten Itina. We would have never gotten the movie. We would have never gotten her other books. We would have never gotten um, the tour. We would have never learned that she had the best legs in the business. We would have never got the global superstar that's Tina Turner if she had quit. If she was doing it all for recognition and all for the money and all for the fame and praise and she stopped, we would have never gotten all that. Sometimes we will give up our entire life mission all because somebody don't see the vision that we see it, you know, that, that we see it as. They don't see it the way we see it. And the thing about those of us that are visionaries and creatives or those that have life missions and purposes is that we know better than anybody else what we're here to do. However, with us having the most knowledge more than anybody about why we're here, will somehow let the lack of acknowledgement or lack of praise or lack of support from other people influence how we view that, that purpose, that mission, um, that, that destiny. And that's not fair. If Tina Turner had let everybody else dictate how she feels about her life's calling, none of this would be in existence. She would have been former Singer with the I Can See in the Review, Tina Turner, is a housewife or a mother who works as an insurance agent or something like that. Like, you know, she would have had a regular job. Who knows? But I'm just saying, if she had let the lack of support or the, or the world sleeping on her or the fact that she's your favorite musician's favorite musician, even though the other general public, even though they don't quite get it yet, they get it, but they don't get it like the global impact when she was solo. If she had let that influence her ability to feel a way about her life's calling, she would have quit. I see it happen so many times. People want to do things and they want the recognition and they want the love and they want it within the first five years. They want it within the first 10 years. They want it within the first 15 years. And as somebody who's been doing this for seven years almost, and for somebody who feels like the world still don't get me, even with the impact, even with the millions of downloads, even with me being heard in a hundred plus countries and everything like that. The world still don't feel me in terms of understanding it like I understand it. And, they, and I don't expect them to because at the end of the day, my calling is my calling. And I'm okay with continuing the mission because I know what I'm here to do. And can nobody's lack of acknowledgement or even acknowledgement, even though I love the acknowledgement, that's not going to change how I feel about it. And it's also a good example in endurance and resilience. I know the word resilience is getting a weird backlash. Um... But in this case, it's a resilient, enduring spirit that kept her going to get the gold at the end of the rainbow. Now, some of y'all remember that three feet from gold moment. If you haven't checked out that book, you might want to do that. And that's basically talking about the concept where you are literally going and you're mining and you're trying to get the gold and you literally stop not knowing that you're three feet from getting the treasure that you desperately were fighting for the entire time. Sometimes you got to push through. And pushing through 
means blooming when other people don't care. Or they may not care on the level of that, you know, of, of you caring or they may not care in mass the way you want them to. You got to keep going, boo. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep having your calling fulfilled every day. You got to keep having the spirit where it's like, look, they don't get it, but I get it. And I'm going to show them that I get it because that's what I'm here to do. Now, if people get it on the on the, you know, along the way, that's awesome. But it's not going to stop how I do my show. It's not going to stop how I run this. And I really love that example from Tina Turner because, as again, like I said, I can personally relate. As somebody who's been doing this for seven years, it's a blessing just to be able to do it and know that I love doing this regardless of if people get it or not because I get it. And the impact can be made that way. Is it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, even with Tina Turner, it's some of y'all that probably do music. Right now, that's or even some other forms of artistry, painting or anything like that. Or y'all might have a great idea and people don't get it. But if you love what you do, continue with it. So that's just something else I wanted to um, like a little bonus lesson within the lesson. So, again, just a quick recap. Lesson number one, you can start over at any age. And be successful. Lesson number two, your home origin may not be your forever home. Lesson number three, you may not get your flowers immediately, but if you love what you do, that's a blooming bouquet within itself. So again, if you have not gotten that regret zero checklist, tap in. Don't forget, I'll be doing some um, some tips today. I look forward to sharing that very soon. Um, if you're on the email list, also stay tuned as well. And with that being said, y'all, this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria, the Spiritual Homegirl. And remember, trust the journey, trust yourself. And whatever you do, do it with love. Okay? Love y'all. Peace.